All right, all right, NBA Quick Pot is locked and loaded for Saturday, January the 7th. Mackenzie Rivers, NBA professional extraordinaire, is in the building. I'm your host, Sleepy J. Today I've gone through the NBA Saturday card. I'll go ahead, I'll try to convince Mackenzie of my best handicap. He'll go ahead, he'll grade those picks uh, on a scale of 1 to 10. I'll give him a side, a total, and a player prop. Mac will go ahead, he'll buy which one he believes is best. Uh, before we go ahead and get into the handicaps there, McKenzie, quick lifestyle question for you. Fruity Pebbles or Fruit Loops? Um, hmm. I'm going to go Fruity Pebbles. It's close. Better texture with the Fruit Loops, but uh, you can't mess with the flavor of the Fruity Pebbles. All right. Well, I'm in agreement with you. They, they should do a combo. They should, they, should th- they should try it. What would you call that? Fruity Pebble Loops or something? Or, or I don't know what the hell you would even call that. I mean, I, I'm, what I'm envisioning is encrusted Fruit Loops pe- Pebble style, but that's not a good name. That's not a catchy name. So, but you know what I mean? That's that's what it would be. Okay, I got it. I got it. I got it. I'm th- I'm I'm trying to think if they actually make something like that, but I can't think off the top of my head. But all right, so Fruity Pebbles, go ahead and we'll stamp it. Fruity Pebbles wins. <laughs> <laughs> so here we go. We're gonna jump into our side total and our prop play. McKenzie has the hot topic for today. Uh, I'll go ahead. I'll start with my total there, Mac. I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to play the Celtics Spurs under 235 and a half. The Celtics just played a bottom feeder team the other day in Oklahoma City, and they gave up 150 points in that game. Now, the Celtics turn around in the next game. They played Luka. They shut Luka down. Mavericks just 95 points in that game. The focus for the Boston Celtics right now has to be defense, but against a team in the Spurs, who, well, let's just say they kind of resemble OKC, at least record-wise. I think that Boston comes in here laser-focused against a team like that, hoping that they don't end up with one of those similar results like they had against OKC. Now, San Antonio, they're going to be on a back-to-back, and what we know is that Popovich is likely to play his best players for more minutes in the first leg of the back-to-back. And this is an earlier start time, earlier than usual, starts at 6 p.m. Eastern, I wonder if that maybe disrupts a little bit of the offense. The Celtics, they're minus 12-point favorites. If this game gets out of hand, I could actually see both teams letting up, letting off the gas here. So I like the under 235.5. I think this number comes down and closes actually considerably less than what the market has it at right now. So Celtics, Spurs, under 235.5. That's my total play. Strong analysis. I agree with each and every one of your points. 8.4 for Spurs, Celtics, under. Stamp it. All right, so 8.4. I'll take that one. That's a pretty good score there, Mac. One of my higher ones. Let's see if I can outdo that one here. I don't think you'll give this one higher than that, but let's see. So my prop play, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to play Luka to score 40 points or more. Now, I'm going to guess the line on this one because there are no current lines out right now. I'm going to say Luka to score 40 is going to be like plus 170. At least that's the area. So I think that that's fine. Luka in the last game, he got locked down against Boston. Just 23 points. You guys have been watching Luka. We all know that he's been on an absolute tear lately. The MVP talk, we're going to talk a little bit about that on this podcast. But it's heating up a little bit. And Luka's centered around that MVP talk. The Mavs are at home. They're going to play the Pelicans. Pelicans are on a back-to-back. Pelicans played the Nets. Not an easy game for them by any means. Pelicans, I feel like they'll loosen up here a little bit. But Luka... I think he's looking to post a big number, get back to those 40, 50-point games. So I think Luka at home goes for a big number here, Mac. 
So I'm going to go and I'm going to bypass his regular points, and I'm going to go Luca to score 40 by price plus 170. That's where I'm at with that one. I like it. I like it. It reminds me of a trend that I like when a team is on a long winning streak and they lose – they very, very seldom lose again. They almost always bounce back and say, let's get back on a winning streak. Whether that continues, it's a different story. Uh, this is a similar uh, analysis with a player where Luka Doncic was averaging, what, 44 or something over five games before he played the Celtics and scored 23. Uh, I, I would not be surprised if he makes it a point to have a bounce back game in a big way. Uh, good, good. It was tough to beat the total, to be honest with you, but... Um, uh, I'm going to say you're getting probably not enough on the plus 170, so I'm going to say only a 7.9. Strong analysis, but uh, you know it's tough to play those alternative props with great value. 7.9 analysis. I mean, 7.9, stamp it, graded. All right, cool. So we'll go ahead. We'll stamp that one. 7.9. All right, so here's my side play. This is not an interesting handicap. I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to play the Dallas Mavericks minus the seven points against the New Orleans Pelicans. As I mentioned already, the Pelicans will be coming off a back-to-back in a game in which they had to play the Nets that went all the way to the end. It's not like that game was a blow by any means. So let's go ahead and let's talk a little bit about the Mavericks. Well, what happened to them in the last game? Um, they got shellacked by the Boston Celtics at home. They didn't even break 100 points. Luka was absolutely shut down. And we know one thing about the Pelicans, that they are going to eventually have to go ahead and circle the wagons and kind of let down a little bit, I think, because Zion's not going to be there. Ingram's not going to be there for probably at least another game or two. And they're kind of just going to they're going to let loose a little bit. You know, they, they, they stepped up big time in the last game against the Rockets without Zion. We ended up winning that game. And then they play the Nets. It's like at some point, like the group's just going to be like, all right, let's take a collective big breath of fresh air. And I believe that they probably do that here, being that it's on a back-to-back. Luka's going to go for a big number here. But I think the Mavs take, you know, that 30-point beatdown that they had at home. And there's a chance that they could actually flip the script here. So the line seven, I wouldn't be surprised if this ticked up maybe a half or ticked down a half. But I think seven is certainly the number that you want to lay here. You don't want to go lay seven and a half here with the Mavericks. So I'll just make it short and sweet. Pretty simple there, Mac. Mavs minus seven. That'll be my side play. One thing I don't like about the back-to-back side of this is that uh, without Zion, uh, maybe without Ingram, uh, I'm not sure if those players have as much fatigue that it would would affect a team. Uh, Generally, you take away two points for a back-to-back scenario. Um, Due to that, I'm out, as they say in Shark Tank. Uh, But a decent analysis. I I will not be participating in this particular wager. Uh, 7.3 is the grade. All right, so 7.3 there with that one. So, Mac, it looks like you're going to go ahead and buy the uh, the Celtic Spurs under 235 and a half. There's two bettable ones, in my opinion. The Luka one is definitely definitely bettable. Uh, I'm not sure if, if I wouldn't look at just his regular over, you know, in case they get up by a lot and you cash both of these uh, Mavericks plays. Uh, and then he wouldn't necessarily play enough to get 40. But uh, Luka's going to have a big night. I think that's I think that's a I think that's a fact. No, 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 that's uh, as likely as, as uh, some of these player props get. All right, well, there we go. So I'm not going to go ahead and buy the Celtics Spurs under 235.5. And, and endorse the Mavericks' Luka Doncic to score 40 points. All right, and he endorses Luka to go ahead and have a big night. So I like to hear that. Uh, Mac, you have the topic for tonight. What are we looking at? Let's talk about Luka Doncic. Let's talk about Kevin Durant. Let's talk about Nikola Jokic. Uh, Steph Curry somewhere in the distance. Joel Embiid somewhere in the distance. But really, it's a three-man race. 
uh, in my opinion. And then there's Jason Tatum, which is a different question. We mentioned in pre-production uh, talking, have we heard anybody make the Jason Tatum case? I love to man, watch the man, man play. His defense is underrated, and he has by far the best team in the league, but I haven't heard anyone make the Jason Tatum case. Uh, so before we get to what I consider the big three, uh, Luka Doncic, Nikola Jokic, and Kevin Durant, why don't you think Jason Tatum uh, has gotten enough pub uh, potentially for MVP? Or why do you think his odds say that he should have gotten more pub than he has? I think it's simple. I think it's say you just don't have enough highlight reel um, type games. Like where's the 40-point games? Where's the 50? Where's the 60? Where's the Donovan Mitchell 71-point games? That's great if you're going out there and you're meeting your averages every night. But the average of the league right now, Jokic, Luka, KD, guys like that, they're putting up 40 nightly. And now, look, I'm not saying that Tatum doesn't do it, but it's just not being broadcast like like what these guys are doing. Maybe the NBA doesn't want Tatum to be the face of the league. Maybe that could be something. I don't know. But for me, I hear more about the other guys than I do about Tatum. And I think that that's why he's kind of getting a little shortchanged here. And look, I'll blame myself a little bit, Mac. I have not mentioned his name in the MVP. I feel bad about that. We should have been talking about Jason Tatum because he's a he's an excellent basketball player. No doubt about it. And forever, uh, we looked at this uh, back in the Straight Out of Vegas days on Fox Sports Radio. Uh, now, Straight Out of Vegas AM, get it on your podcast player. Uh, we talked about if we were categorizing who won the MVP uh, when we did it. Eleven out of thirteen, no, it was ten out of twelve had been number one in their conference. This was before Jokic's first MVP. And 10 out of 12 had been number one in the box score stat player efficiency rating. Uh, well, the second one of those trends has kept up. Jokic has had the best stats. He's won the MVP. No longer, maybe since Russell Westbrook did it with a million triple doubles, has the MVP gone to a team that was clearly the best in the regular season? Um you know, it's kind of like say la vie, like how much do we care about the regular season? So how much are we going to care about the wins in the regular season? To me, we're getting totally backwards. Stats only mean that you did a lot to help your team win. They mean nothing in a vacuum. Absolutely nothing. If you guaranteed a loss, but you told me a guy was going to get 100, I'd be like, not fun, not good, not impressive. And really, I mean, you could take 300 shots, no one's stopping you. So I'm not that big of a stats guy. I mean... I love analytics. I love numbers. I think that's the best way to find good picks and uh, player props, et cetera. But I don't think you point to the biggest number and say that's the MVP. Never been that way. It's not that simple. So let's talk about the three guys I think have a legitimate shot to win it at this point. Unfortunately, apologies to Jason Tatum, maybe the best defender of this group. Nikola Jokic, leading the NBA in dunks and threes, estimated plus minus. He adds eight and a half points to an average team. Uh, he's five to one. Luka Doncic is your favorite. Uh, he is plus eight point three points to an average team, and then a little bit farther down the list, Kevin Durant worth seven points. Um, but uh, the story and the uh, resurrection of the Nets, I think, if they continue to win sixteen out of seventeen games, makes him a legitimate contender. Here's why it has to be Jokic. I mean. It has to be at Jokic. If this pace continued everything the same as we see through 38 games or whatever, there's no argument that it's not Jokic. His uh, statistics, his true shooting is the highest of anybody in this group, almost 70%. And his rebounds and assists, I mean, you're kidding me. Uh, and by the way, with incorporating um, Jamal Murray back into lineup, he started off very cold. Michael Porter Jr., he's all right. But this team is 25-13. and 13. They have the best shot of anybody to get the number one seed tied right now with the Grizzlies. And the Mavericks, probably who's statistically Luka Doncic, their candidate, is second in line. 
They're 22 and 17. That's not that great. And I know they started off bad and they turned it on, but so did the Nets. And the Nets are 25 and 13, much better. So to me, my MVP ladder right now, Jokic, number one with a bullet. Then I think Kevin Durant deserves consideration. Then I believe Luka Doncic deserves consideration. However, I might be a fossil at this point. If wins don't matter as much, Luka Doncic's statistical excellence on a night-in-and-night-out basis is something to behold. And maybe he is the most outstanding player. Depends how you want to consider the award. But what say you? Who is the MVP in uh, Sleepy Jay's mind? For me, it's got to be Luka. And I think it's that after all said and done at the end of the at the end of the year, he's going to be, unless there's a trade that's made, he's going to be a guy on a one-man team. Giannis is eventually going to end up with Middleton in the mix and Drew Holiday in the mix. It's going to be a three-man team. You know, we talked a little bit about that. That's true. We haven't mentioned Giannis. That's a good point. Yeah. Boston's going to end up with Time Lord really back in there doing his thing. Jokic is probably going to end up with Michael Porter and Jamal Murray finally getting on the court, staying healthy. KD, I, I can't make that that same argument, but I do think that, you know, Kyrie takes some away from KD. Embiid, you know, he was he was out there for a time without Maxi and, and Harden, but, you know, that's kind of a three-headed monster. I think you got to go really all the way down to probably John ja Morant to find, like, the next one-man team, and, and Jaws at 30-1. to one. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. But, you know, if you keep going down the list, it's Mitchell, it's Curry, it's Zion, yeah. it's Booker. It's just hard for like I like the one man kind of team stuff because everything goes through them and the stats are always going to be there. Luke is going to break some some more records this year. I mean, I don't know what record, but the there's records out there to be broken. And with the tear that he's on, he's going to break something. So if you're in the news and people like that kind of stuff, um, I think that, that you honestly that, that you're you're always going to be there. Hold on, hold on. Let me let me get clarify something. So you're saying Luca has the best odds to win, not in Sleepy Jay's voter uh, assessment that he's your MVP. Or which one are you saying? Are you saying both? I'm saying both. Uh, Luca would be my MVP. I liked him before the season, and a lot of it is due to I was worried about this Mav- Mavs team that they could crumble because it was like, well, they're getting rid of another player. I thought that Brunson was a uh, I thought Brunson was was pretty key to that team at that point. Yeah, that's why that's why I'm asking the question because I understand that he's a one man team. My question is, what is the virtue of a one man team? Why is it good? Why is it good that he doesn't have like you know how you get on a one man team? Just tell all you the best players on your team to leave. It's not a hard thing to do, but it's not impressive by itself. I mean, if if uh, Nikola Jokic traded away or if the Nuggets, I mean, traded away Michael Porter Jr. and Jamal Murray, then it'd be a more one-man team, but the team would be worse. Why is it good to be a one-man team? I think it only really helps there, McKenzie, is if your record shows that you're making it work. The Mavericks started out this year. I mean, they were I mean, they were out of the playing seating, but they've gotten hot. And it, it, I mean, could we argue that it's all due to Luka? But could we argue that the beginning of the season and their struggles was all due to Luka? <laughs> like, he, he's been the whole man... He's been the whole squad the whole time, right? That, that's a good argument in itself, too. I think it really comes down to those, you know, those those highlight moments, and I think that that's what people buy into. That's what the media covers. Oh yeah, I mean, there's a reason he's been the fa- the starting season favorite each of the last two years. And in fact, Jokic's first MVP. I looked this up two years ago, January sixth, twenty twenty one. Luca was plus four hundred in our uh, pregame dot com consensus. At, at, NBA MVP odds. Jokic was 16 to 1. 
Uh, he ended up winning that year. The next year, Embiid was the favorite, plus 200. Uh, Luka was right there in the mix. Jokic was 14 to 1. He's been uh, kind of ignored. And the fact that the, this is probably the best Mavericks team, I know he won both of those awards. That's what I'm saying. His stats eventually become too much to ignore. Uh, and he wins. Like, you're right. Kevin Durant has Kyrie Irving. So the fact that they've won what they have, it's and they struggled in the beginning of the season just like the Mavericks, it's not as impressive. And Luke, Luke is a one-man team. I would argue that the Nuggets have a one-man team as much as the, the Mavericks, the Nuggets do. And they're way better. They're way better. Christian Wood it didn't work. We're just going to say Luke is no part of that. I mean, Jalen Brunson's not there. We're going to say Luke is just no, no part of that. Like, they're building a one-man team to put up unbelievable numbers and be, you know, a little bit better than average. The Nuggets are building a one-man team uh, with the, you know, best, most skilled center in my lifetime. And they're 25 and 13. They're going to get the one seed. If the regular season matters at all, we got it. Reward winning. I agree with you that Luka is most likely to win the award. That is, he's probably a good bet. I recommended him on Straight Out Vegas AM at four to one. Now he's three to one. I think he's probably, you know, going to be one out of two candidates before long. And it's rare to have so many different candidates. And I don't know who's going to be second along with them. If Jokic is going to drop off or if, if it's going to be Tatum after all, if they have some unbelievable record. I mean, you look at their last 365 days. They're like a 65-win team with incredible margin. Celtics are probably being slept on at this point. Jason Tatum is a big part of that. So Luke is a, a good favorite, but I would w- like to see the award go to Jokic. I don't, and the, the argument, oh, he won two in a row. Who cares? It's not a criteria. So that's 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 how I, I got, that's my uh, uh, spiel about it. I'll get off my soapbox. All right. So let me just throw this one final thing at you and and tell me if you agree with this because this actually could be a pretty good case, maybe against Luca. If you take Jokic off the Nuggets, that team's probably getting bopped almost every night. Oh, no doubt. If you take Giannis off the Bucks, that team's probably getting bopped almost every night. Maybe Embiid off the Sixers could be getting bopped. Uh, KD, if you take Tatum off the Celtics. Like, if you could take those five players that I said off their teams, they're considerably worse. Right. I don't know if you agree with this, but if you take Luka off the Mavericks, I still think the Mavericks have pieces there that actually would prevent them from getting slaughtered every night. This is an excellent point. This is an excellent point. Doesn't that kind of feel and kind of just look look weird? Here's the thing. You might say, "Oh, well, if you take away 30 points and 20 assists and 15 rebounds off the Mavericks, they're not they're going to be such so, so much different. He's that whole team. We've seen this. They played the Jazz in the playoffs without Luka, performed admirably. I think they won two out of three games. Jason Kidd, I know he gets some flack. I think he's a great defensive coach. He brings uh he was able to slow the game down just like he was as a player. Uh, and figure out different ways to attack you and take advantage of things. They made the Western Conference final with a you know a B club last year. I think the Mavericks are I'm not sure they'll be a good team. I mean, all these teams are going to be so much worse without their MVP candidate. That's like that goes without saying. But I think the Mavericks are actually better. You know, the sum of their if if he was off the court, the sum of their parts would be more than uh you you might just you might conclude without thinking about it. I think um Yes, yeah, I, I completely agree with you. I mean, I completely agree with that thought, uh, but we'll see. I mean, um, I, I, I'm, I'm coming off like a Luka hater, most likely. Uh, he's making a case to be the best player in the world right now. Uh, James Harden had a very similar existence in Texas, and I was never a big fan. I, I was never a detractor either. I think he deserved his due for, like he said, changing the game. 
I mean, there's an argument that you just let uh, you let a Mustang, you know, you don't put a saddle on a Mustang. You just let him go. I mean, if he's going to do things we've never seen before, maybe it's okay that they're not as good as they possibly could be. Uh, so, I mean, maybe the whole fabric of the league is changing, uh, but I I would like to see the Mavericks. If they go, if they win 50 games, he's the MVP, but they're not on pace to do that. So they're actually on pace to go under their season win total. So I think they got to play better, and we'll see. They have played better lately uh, before he's a legitimate candidate, even though he's the favorite. Uh, I would give it to Jokic. All right. Um, I don't have a problem with Jokic, obviously. Um, I mean, the dude's a baller, and he plays a center position. And he's better than ever. Right. You know, on both sides of the court. Yep. I mean, you can't argue it, but, um, you know, that's one of the good things about doing these podcasts and the MVP odds is, we could sit here and argue all day, but I felt like we hammered that out, you know, to a decent degree. Um, so that'll wrap up the quick podcast there. As McKenzie already had mentioned, he's going to go ahead and buy my Celtic Spurs play under the 235. Big thanks for Mac going ahead and jumping on here uh, for the quick podcast. If you guys are looking to go ahead and save a little bit of money there at pregame.com, make sure you guys enter coupon code TIP20. You guys can save 20% on any pick package at pregame.com. Don't miss McKenzie and I. On Twitter at Mac Rivers at SleepyJ underscore pregame. And you guys could always get us on the best sports betting website on the internet, pregame.com. With that said, I'd like to wish you guys all the best of luck for NBA Saturday. Enjoy the games. <laughs>